Welcome to the Automators. I'm David Sparks and joined by my co-host, Rosemary Orchard. Hello, Rose. How are you today? Oh, I am excited, David. I have been having fun automating things. I mean, what more is there in life? Yeah, exactly. What more is there than automation? And today we've got a really fun show planned for you. There's just been this kind of like um, a coordination conglomeration of automation on the Mac recently where it -hmm. seems like all of the tools are releasing updates so they can work with all the other tools. And while we spend a lot of time historically on the show talking about, you know, Keyboard Maestro and Shortcuts and Hazel and the like, we haven't spent enough time talking about the interaction between them. And all of that is happening now. Um, So uh, today we're going to spend a significant portion of the show talking about that. Like which tool do you use and what does even matter anymore (laughs) as they all seem to run each other's um, specific tools. But it's going to be fun today. We're going to be talking about that. Today in the bonus section for members, both Rose and I are running the Alfred 5 first look, uh, which is also another cool automation tool, and we're going to be talking about that as well. But uh, I guess we should just dig in and start talking about what's going on with all of this this automation collaboration. It's like automation soup. That's what I was going to name the episode, automation soup, because it's like a big bowl of soup. I I kind of think automation interoperation is cool, because then both of them with shins. You know, you've got the cohesion there, but it is just amazing. Oh, well, I mean, that's me, isn't it? Um, But I I just loved seeing like the the release notes from developers right now of, hey, we've added support for shortcuts, which means that you have everything in the world available to you right now. Um, And it's just so cool to see that sort of thing coming because it, it really means that I know how to do this a little bit in this thing over here. And I know how to do that a little bit in that thing over there. And we've now got the glue to stick everything together with. So you don't have to do an entire automation in, in one app because that's where you started. Um, or that's, you know, that's the only thing that does this particular action. You really have that possibility now to build a relay system, which sounds incredibly fragile, um, but it, it means that it's actually reusable components. So everything is broken down into a small bit, which maybe you can use this bit here and this, and then you can use it again in these three other automations that you're building as well, because they're all very similar. Um, and I, I just love that that is a thing um, that that we have available to us. Yeah. And the other th- reason I think this is awesome, just to start out with our statement of intent here, is that different of these tools are better at some things than others. And once you learn the tools and you know, like this hammer is really good for this kind of nail and the screwdriver is this really good for this kind of screw. Suddenly then the fact that they all interoperate as Rose would say, um, you can build an automation that takes advantage of the best pieces of each of them and combines them. And no longer do you have to make the choice of saying, well, I'll use this automation platform. It's not perfect for the whole thing, but I'm going to use it anyway. Now you can just say, no, I'll use the best parts of this automation platform with that automation platform. And one of the questions that we'll put a pin in this, I want to come back to it later. Does this remove the need for any automation platform? And I'll tell you right now, I think the answer is no, if anything, it just makes you want to get better at all of them because then you can take advantage of it. But, but as we go through this, keep that in mind, because I think, this really is a um, just like we're going under this kind of renaissance of hardware on the Apple's ecosystem with the with the Macintosh right now. I feel like we're in a renaissance of automation on the Mac because of all this interoperability. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, it is just 
one of those things that if you're not looking for it, then you might miss it completely. But then when you look back in a couple of months and you're like, oh, right, well, I actually have this thing where I always start by, I don't know, doing this in Alfred. Um, and the end result is that I actually need a file to end up in this folder over here so that it's available to that person or whatever it is. You'll realize that suddenly you have like the ability to just chain everything together so easily because all of these apps have just been secretly or not secretly, but just they're just getting on with adding all this amazing support, which really tells us that, you know, they've the developers see the value in adding this support as well, because uh, you know, hopefully a developer is not going to waste their time on doing something unless they either want it for themselves or they think that, you know, people are going to use it. Um, and, you know, clearly people are using these things because they're awesome. And it's great that there's so many options there for us. Okay, I'm going to start with one that is not super complicated, but I think is quite useful. And uh, it's our old friend Hazel. Like, you know, Hazel mm -hmm. is the application that, you know, its superpower, in my opinion, is document organization and sorting. I mean, it it's so good at looking at the contents and renaming files and creating subfolders. It does that in ways that you could pull off with an Apple script and some of the other automation tools we talk about, but none of them are as easy as Hazel for doing that. And historically, Hazel has had the ability when it triggers to run an Apple script, you know, and, and, yeah. and terminal, it can do some basic automation stuff when it is triggered. So in the way Hazel, like all automation is that there's a trigger and then there's an action. So let's say I scan a document that has the word uh, Southern California electric in it, which is my electric company. Uh, Hazel mm -hmm. historically would um, rename it, file it into the electric bill file, and then trigger uh, an Apple script I wrote that would create an OmniFocus task. And the reason I did that was because uh, when I first ran this script, when I first built it, it was so efficient because it was looking at the contents. I would scan the document, and then the bill would get filed, and I'd forget that we had a bill right? It just got put into the mm -hmm. file and then I yeah. didn't pay the electric bill. And so I'm like, well, that's not good. So I wrote a, an Apple script. In fact, I published it at some point in Max Barkey that said, okay, you know, this is an Apple script and open OmniFocus and create a task that says, pay the electric bill, blah, blah, blah. Well, fast forward to today, um, writing an Apple script is a pain. In fact, at one point that script broke and I had to rewrite it. And I think the script broke again. Um, now all you do is they've got a new action run shortcut. So now we have officially glued all of the tools of shortcuts onto Hazel. And that is amazing, right? It really is. Yeah, because I mean, we already had the option to say, uh, run an automated workflow or shell script or JavaScript or Apple script before. Um, and through that, you could say, you know, until they added support for, you know, the run shortcut action, you could say, run Apple script or run shell script and then use the Apple script or the shell script to run the shortcut. But it obviously wasn't as smooth and you would need to know the right syntax and everything, especially if you wanted to give your shortcut the file. And that's that's the trickier bit. But now, you know, it is just a run shortcut action. Be warned, if you, like me, have a stupid number of shortcuts, you click on the run shortcut action and Hazel will, the first time you do it at the very least, or if you've not done it in quite a while, sort of beach ball for a bit. Um, and that's for me purely because I have a stupid number of shortcuts and reading all of those in 
yeah. is a little bit tricky. Um, you know, I, I don't blame Hazel for that. Having tried to get all of the shortcuts from the shortcuts app myself for another application, it it is actually quite tricky to do. Um, there is no particularly efficient way of doing it, not even on a Mac Studio. Um, but, you know, once it's done that, you've got every single shortcut. So you can give take, take a shortcut and give it the file or you can, you know, have it ignore the file and not care. So in the case of your, you know, adding um, a reminder to um, pay the electric bill, well, you actually don't even need to necessarily give it the file. Uh, you could do, but that would be optional, I presume, because it will just figure out the, you know, the date based on when now is. Um, yeah and uh, go from there. But if you wanted to do something like give it the file so it can, I don't know, upload it to Dropbox or convert um, an image to various different types and save them into different places, then you can have that run too, which is great. Yeah. So you can pass it the file or you can just, Mm -hmm. if you want, just go ahead and say, you don't even need to pass it the file. Like you could say, run a single action, create a task in OmniFocus, pay the electric bill, but because it's shortcuts and it's just so much more flexible than Automator ever got to be, you could also just say, send a text message to Daisy and say, hey, the electric bill came in. Could you pay it? You know, <laughs> just just automate that, right? Yeah, yeah. Or just automate paying the electric bill if that were possible. Yeah. It would obviously depend on your, your bank or similar having shortcuts actions. But Yeah, but I mean, just the entire tool set of Automator I'm sorry, the entire tool set of shortcuts now becomes at your disposal, which is triggered by Hazel finding a bill. Have you done any of these actions yet, Rose? So I have um, played with them a bit and I have yet to find a like a, a case that I need to solve using shortcuts through Hazel that I didn't previously have some kind of uh, setup for anyway, because the few things that I'd wanted to run a shortcut for, I ended up finding other ways to do that. So, you know, passing it off through AppleScript, um, you know, and just doing whatever it is that I need to do through AppleScript. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next time that I want to to do something uh, with this because there are so many times where I, I look at something with Hazel and go, Hazel can get me like 95% of the way there. And I just wish I could do the rest of it in shortcuts because I end up doing sort of ephemeral hazel actions i know that's not really what it's for but i'll just create a new folder in in finder and then add it hazel um, with a bunch of files in that i need processed in a particular way and just have hazel run all over it and fix that for me because it makes it so much easier to just go okay i've started with this and i need to end up with that go but yeah I'm, i'm i'm looking forward to the the future when when i do that but uh and for the time being, I haven't got many use cases, but I'm looking for them. What about you, David? Uh, so I'm using it for scenarios like the one I described. But I, I would recommend mm-hmm. at this point building shortcuts actions in lieu of Apple scripts because I've been doing the Apple script thing for like 10 years. And I can tell you, they just stop working sometimes. You know, maybe the app updates yeah. and the underlying Apple script support changes. Maybe Apple makes some change to the operating system where the Apple script breaks. Mm-hmm. But I've had multiple Apple scripts where I spent the time to figure out the syntax and get it working just right. And then two years later, it stops working without me realizing it. So I definitely think shortcuts is the easier and probably more stable result here. One of the things that uh, I wanted to uh, note was um, there are some cases where I find AppleScript is probably still the better approach. Like I have a specific use case where I needed to replace text inside of an ICS file. 
um, in uh, that that's been downloaded. So um, the holiday that I I like book in at work whenever it downloads, it's got my name in front of it. Which when I've added it to my calendar, does not make sense. Like, why do I need my own name before the word holiday in my calendar? It does not make sense. Um, and so there's a couple of ways I could fix that. But I was like, well, obviously, you know, as as I have Hazel automatically open this in um, Fantastic Hell for me, I'm going to have Hazel replace the the summary, which is the the line in the ICS file that tells you what the title is um, with the, the title that I want. Simple. Of course, Hazel doesn't have a native replace text inside of an yeah. ICS file action. It it. You know, and so I actually went to Apple Script and FastScripts for this because of their uh, regular expression support. So I'm I'm just replacing that line using that. But that's basically I'm relying on Hazel and to an extent FastScripts not changing. And as FastScripts has just added that support, I doubt that's going to change anytime soon. And I'm pretty confident that Hazel will flag if they they make a change there. But other than that, I would definitely stick with shortcuts because even shortcuts can can run Apple Script if there's like a little bit of it where you can't do everything inside of shortcuts where you can hand out to apple script for that step or those subset of steps and then come back which is going to be less wonky than uh, everything breaking and you had mentioned earlier that you know you can also pass a file explain how you would do that i mean it, it it's as as far as i can tell my, my hazel um on the machine that i'm using for testing this is of course loading all of the shortcuts because i haven't uh, pulled up that testing machine in a while, but um, it it just gets the file automatically. So if your shortcut has uh, input um, accepted, then the shortcut input will be the file that is being processed by Hazel, which or folder, um, which should just give you everything you need. So the only thing you need to do is turn on, um, you know, the the input options inside of the shortcut. It is worth noting, of course, that the input options inside of shortcuts are share sheet and quick action slash workflow uh, input options. Um, and I've always made sure that I've got both turned on. I've not tried it with just share sheet stuff turned on. I have no idea how shortcuts would handle that. Obviously, Hazel's going to be passing it the file the way Mac OS, you know, passes files around for this sort of thing. But I'm not quite sure exactly um, what is going on um, on on the on the shortcuts end. Um, but it is uh, pretty great. Um, you know, I've, I've had it do various different things, some of which I could have done directly in Hazel or in some other way. Um, but, you know, when I was playing with it, it worked pretty well for me. Yeah, and I really think that's one thing to think about here. Like, do you want to do the file management and shortcuts when Hazel can already handle it all for you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it is more like, you know, I want to save this off to various places and like send people emails with this stuff attached to it. Um, you know, yeah. and depending on the day of the week, it goes to this person or that person stuff. And you could do that logic in a number of different applications. There is nothing stopping you. Keyboard Maestro is an excellent one for that sort of thing, too. But, um, you know, I, 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 I think that sort of thing is probably easier to do in shortcuts, especially considering the fact that then if you are uh, on the go, for one of these, you know, events when you receive the file, you know, maybe on your Mac, usually you that file automatically gets downloaded or you just click on it and it downloads and it appears in your downloads folder and Hazel does the magic. Well, if you're not going to be around to do that, you know, maybe you're traveling or something, but the thing still needs to happen. You could then download that file on your mobile and share it to the shortcut and have, you know, that part of it happen. So it yeah. depends on, you know, your setup as to what the the best solution for anything is. But I really like the fact that it means that, you know, the parts of this that I can potentially, you know, take on the go with me and reuse can be, you know, compartmentalized in in that sort of way. And, you know, as I said at the beginning, this is also, you know, 
breaking things down into small reusable components and doing and using them in multiple places. Um, this is something that, you know, as a programmer, I'm very familiar with. But every time I, I look at my shortcuts, I, always, I, I end up seeing something where it's like, oh, actually, you know what, this little bit here, this is something that I should put into its own shortcut so I can reuse it. Because it turned out I had four different ways, David, of checking whether or not today was a bank holiday. And so yeah. I actually combine those into one thing that says, hey, is today a holiday day? Yes or no. Um, and it literally returns the, the text, yes, if it's a bank holiday day. But it now means that I have one kind of logic that tells me if today is a, a bank holiday. So that is considerably less prone to error, perhaps is the wrong um, wrong uh, expression, but pro less prone to returning uh, inconsistent results. <laughs> there we go. Um, because of course, if you have four different ways of doing the same thing, are they actually all doing the same thing or are they doing slightly different things? And that's where breaking stuff down into reusable parts can be really useful and being able to pass things off from the best application for this bit to the best application for that bit is where all of this interoperation between automation solutions excels. This episode of the Automators podcast is brought to you by Electric. Go to electric.ai slash automators and unbury yourself from IT tasks. Also, get a free pair of Beats Solo 3 wireless headphones when you schedule a meeting. Turning a small business into an empire takes work, and you have to keep your ear to the ground for things that will help you take it to the next level. But this can be hard when your attention is pulled towards different tasks, because that's the reality of being a boss. The team over at Electric knows small businesses, maybe like yours, face these challenges. That's why they've solved this problem for you by operating as your IT department. Instead of spending your time sorting through unused application licenses, setting up employee laptops, and answering never-ending IT questions from your team, you can build that empire. With Electric acting as your IT department, you can get back to what you're good at. Plus, you get a really cool IT platform to see and manage everything. If you're going to succeed, you need to learn how to delegate. That's something I struggle with as well. And just because you know how to reset somebody's laptop or fix an iPhone doesn't mean you should be doing that when you're trying to grow your business. When you're running the business, your job is to spend your time on those important decisions that keep the business running. IT is not something you have time for. And that's why you should go check out Electric. For Automator's listeners, Electric is offering a free pair of Beats Solo 3 wireless headphones for taking a qualified meeting. So get Electric on board, let them handle the IT drudgery for you so you can focus on the business and get a free pair of cool headphones. In fact, you can put those headphones on so people know you're busy and they'll go to Electric to solve their IT problems. So just go to electric.ai slash automators. That's all you need to do. Electric.ai slash automators. Go there now and get your free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones today for scheduling a qualified meeting. And our thanks to Electric for their support of the automators. So one of the things I think would be uh, nice to just look at again briefly, David, I know we had Daniel Jalkut on the show recently, is uh, FastScripts, because of course FastScripts is helping us stick more and more things together now, um, you know, not only with their regular expression support, which has certainly made my life easier um, yeah. in a number of places, but with everything else too. Well, what's an example of, of a use that you're doing with FastScripts? Well, uh, this is kind of crazy, um, but um, Daniel mentioned when he was on the show, and it hadn't occurred to me before then, that uh, file scripts can run any file that's, or any kind of script file that's in the folder. So, um, you know that 
the function that you have inside of shortcuts where if you go to the file menu on the Mac, then you can add it to your dock. Well, that puts that shortcut in your applications folder. So I did that with a bunch of shortcuts and moved them into the file scripts folder and, and had them appear in various places. So now my file scripts folder can be a application contextual um, shortcuts launcher. So wow. the shortcuts okay. menu bar always shows the same shortcuts. Um, but I, I thought I'd give it a go. And I thought, well, what's the worst that can happen? I have to file a bug report that says, by the way, Daniel, I'm really sorry I massively crashed file scripts. Um, it turns out it can just run shortcuts that way, which is great. So I've I've ditched my old shortcuts wrappers, um, which was, you know, tell application shortcuts to run X, Y, Z. Um, uh, and, and, and now I just actually have shortcuts in there. So All right. yeah, actually, that works. Let's go down that rabbit hole for just a second. So you, you're primarily using fast scripts to launch shortcuts at this point. Well, no, uh, not primarily. It really okay. depends on what application it is that I'm in. Because, for example, if I'm doing my day job and I have, um, you know, um, I've got, uh, say, the database query application open, then it's going to show me a bunch of database specific, um, you know, uh, automation scripts that I've got. And I've created those. And there's a variety of different things there. And the same if I've opened PHP Storm, which I, I use to, um, you know, edit PHP files. Um, but in other places, it will show me different different actions based on the app that I have open. Um, yeah. So, you know, when I have, um, for example, if I if I've got um, Tweetbot open, that'll then if I click on the the Vasquez menu, then some of the 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 actions that I get there are actually um, you know Tweetbot specific because it's like you know like hey, send, you know, this kind of tweet, which is that I'm live for iOS today or similar. And, you know, that one was just a test one that I quickly threw together because I was already doing something similar on Stream Deck, which I want to get to, by the way, David, because Better Touch Tool is bringing yeah. its A-game here. It's on the list. Um, it's but, on the list, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's on, a, it's on the list. Um, but, you know, I, I just put that one in as a quick trial because I thought, well, this is, you know, a relatively simple one. There's no input. It, it just does the thing in the background and that's it. But it works. Uh, it works really well. So um, you know, I'm I'm very pleasantly pleased by this. Um, unsurprisingly, it's like the uh, right now the automation landscape of the Mac is like one of those um, those movies where you've got the crazy man with all the yarn and the string and all the things connecting. Yep. <laughs> it's like that right now. I mean, everything talks to everything else. I mean, I, I'm launching. I, I'm not doing things as complex as you are, but I'm launching shortcuts almost exclusively through Alfred which we're going to talk about in the after show, right. but I, I really like that Alfred, um, that Alfred plugin. And I just type SC space and then I can search my shortcuts. I can pass variables to them. There's a whole bunch of stuff you can do with them. Mm -hmm. So which yeah, Alfred really plugin nice. are you using for that? There's, there's a number of different ones. I'm using the one on that they initially had on their website. Um, the, I don't, oh, right. yeah. I don't know who yeah. made it. It's not, um, yeah, it's it's just because it's the first one I installed and it worked. But like the syntax, if you pass a variable, is command enter. So like if you've got a script that needs a, a like a text input to run, you just hit command enter and then you type in the text after you type the name. So let me back up. I went too fast. Okay, so you would hit command space for alpha and then SC and that shows you all your scripts. But maybe you've got a script that's gonna you know do something to a number. So you hit command enter instead of enter, and then it runs a script, but it asks in Alfred, you know, what's your input? So if I write the number 42 and then hit enter, it's going to pass the 42 to Alfred and run the whole script for me. And I just find it really handy. And I've got that 
under my fingers now. I know there are others out there, but since I've got that one working and I'm happy with it, I just haven't even looked at the other options. Yes. Yeah. No, I have um, installed uh, a few different ones. And the one the one that stuck with me is Stephen Millard's one from Thought Asylum. Um, and I'll put a link to both the the one on the Alfred blog and and Stephen's one in the show notes so that people can can try both of them. Um, I I think I found Stephen's first and just started using it because I was like, OK, this is, you know, yeah, if Stephen good, makes it, it works. It's good. Right. You know, if Stephen. Yeah, exactly. That's the one yeah, I should like, probably be using entry, that one. It's like, yeah. barrier to acceptance passed um but yeah um and and that one's really great because it gives you um options for you know file input and and all sorts of great things um but uh yeah i was um you know i was curious because i've seen lots of different ones um out there um for for doing exactly the same because i think that's the great thing about the mac and automation as it uh expands right that it's not just that there is one solution uh for all of these things no there's there's links to there's everybody's doing their own version of it um and that that truly is you know why we can tell the automation is massively growing and people's interest in it is because so many people are creating their own solutions to the same problem and it's not that they're wasting their time everybody's coming up with a different solution and learning new, new things as we do it um which you know i i, I really like well, I think now I'm looking at his documentation and I'm realizing now I have to run Stevens. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I'm not surprised. The second that I told you that the, that oh, was there, I was geez. like, okay, Steven is going to be miss, uh, like going missing mid show because he's going to be switching uh, versions of this, um, you know, or shortcut launchers. Um, Insert URL just... to run shortcut from a specific folder. He's got an action for that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I see. I see what you've done to me, Rose. Um, all right. Yep. I'm going um, to, I'm sorry, I'm gonna, but I'm really not sorry. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to set this aside. I'll come back to it. But I guess the point is, and this is true for all of the launchers, LaunchBar, Alfred, you know, you know, all the the common ones that, that people are checking out right now. Um, they've got great shortcuts implementation. Like for instance, with uh, with Raycast, it's just built in. You don't even have to run a plugin. Mm-hmm. You just type the name of the shortcut. Um, with with um spotlight after uh ventura ships it'll be the same way um i actually kind of prefer yeah. the the method of of alfred and launch bar where you run a plugin because then by having a qualifier like in my current version it's yeah. you type sc then it just gives you a list of all your shortcuts you don't get it mixed in with your contacts and all your other database yeah. stuff so i kind of like that agreed I also found that having it all mixed together on iOS, which it is going to be actually in the next, next version of Mac OS Ventura when it when it launches. Um, and the problem for me with that and for iOS is I find that the shortcuts, they don't seem to be kept in memory super well. Yeah. Um, and so I'll search for something. And I know that I'm typing the exact name of the shortcut and um, <clears throat> takes a while to appear if it appears. Or I have to type its full complete name, including any punctuation at the end. And then it'll show up as the final option. It's like, well, I could have literally opened shortcuts and started searching and found it like within this time frame. Um, so yeah, I'm yeah. I, I wish it was slightly better. And I, I prefer the fact that it's with a qualifier because it's like when I when I open Alfred with command space and I type IMDB space, like I know I'm searching for a particular thing on IMDB. I know that I'm running a shortcut. Um, so you know, I, I I like having that just as an option. Um, though I, re- I recently discovered David, oh my gosh, I can't believe I missed this feature in Alfred. 
you can enable your bookmarks to appear in Alfred. Um, and I, I did not realize that. Um, and that's, oh, yeah. you can either just have that show up like in the default results or via a specific keyword um, so that you can, you know, um, like type a, a keyword first, like, I don't know, uh, BM uh, for bookmark. Um, and then and then you would find all of your, your bookmarks like that or just have them appear in in the uh, in the search results by default. Um, and I'm so glad that that feature exists because it shows up with a tiny little icon of like a, a globe with a bookmark on it. And so I know that that is um, a, a bookmark when that appears, but it, it's uh, it's nice to see that more and more things are just kind of like feeding into the other automation and general productivity apps that we all use every day. Yeah, and I just have those bookmarks show up in general search because, I mean, what better way to yeah. get to a website than just start typing the name and have it jump there? All right, now you mentioned earlier Better Touch Tool and Stream Deck. Here's another ball of yarn that we've got two pins connected suddenly. <laughs> what are you doing with Better Touch Tool? Well, I mean, first of all, shout out to um, Better Touch Tool um, and its um, keyboard shortcut um, action for yeah. shortcuts, which you can use in shortcuts because I've yeah. used that at a couple of places now and I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah. I, I just as an aside, I've had it replace the hyper key. You know, I was using, um, I forget what's the name of the app everybody was using for the hyper key. Uh, Carabina. Yeah. Carabina elements. But, you know, and they did get uh, it sorted out, but I feel like it's a running battle with Apple in terms of, you know, that keyboard interrupt stuff. Whereas this is just a, a text inter, this is just a, a a keyboard shortcut like more traditional means, and so I'm running hyper key through Better Touch Tool now. Anyway, nice, yeah, yeah. It is one of those apps where it's just it's continually adding these features, and I feel like a lot of people end up missing that some of these features exist because. I don't know, uh, maybe um, the the ad developer behind Better Touch Tool ought to toot his own horn more. He's doing a, a great job. Um, or maybe we should just do a better job telling everybody about them. Um, yeah. Probably both. Um, let, let's blame us mostly because he's busy developing the app. Um, but it, it's one of those things that I feel like every time I go to look at Better Touch Tool, um, it has more cool new features. And I I'm really liking all of them. And I'm especially liking the fact that right now, um, they've just added support. It's still in in beta for Stream Deck. Um, so you will no longer need the Stream Deck application on um, Mac OS. You would just be able to do everything by a better touch tool. Like, is that is amazing as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stream Deck plus better touch tool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Please. It is. It is great. Um, the only problem I've got right now is I've yet to sit down and spend a, a proper amount of time like switching everything over from uh, the Stream Deck app to the Better Touch Tool app. And so I, I have to quit Better Touch Tool to be able to use my Stream Deck for like the the show notes and everything because I use the foot pedal. And when I press the middle foot pedal, it switches uh, to um, our show notes um, and appends a line right at the end with the current timestamp um so that i i have that saved and yeah. then i can go back and add a note to it um and i hadn't like that was one of the ones that i i went to um, make sure it was working today and went oh no actually i need to i need to quit better touch tool and re reopen the stream deck app so that everything works because otherwise i'm going to be stuck and not adding notes to the uh, show notes and that might get us in trouble with jim um and we don't want to do that so yeah it's uh i have to sit down and migrate everything over but i think once i'm done with that I'm uninstalling the Stream Deck application. It's it's okay, but Better Touch Tool is going to allow me to to do way more things 
much more efficiently through my preferred means of doing things. Like I mentioned earlier, the shortcut action that I have for tweeting a tweet with Tweetbot. Um, well, if I use if the native tweet action on in the Stream Deck uses the Twitter API, which is okay, but uh, you know, I I like to have things actually go out, you know, using the apps that I prefer to use that I've configured um, for that, so I don't have to store like log into various things and store credentials in lots of places. Um, so I'd much prefer to just have an action which goes hey, shortcuts, go do the shortcut. And then if I decide that I want to change the text in that tweet at some point, um, I'll be able to do that wherever I am, regardless of whether I'm on my Mac or on my iPhone out and about in the park um, or something. You know, it'll just be one thing everywhere giving me the option to to tweak all of the little components on, on the go. Yeah. But once again, you know, we're running automation from one place to the next. Yeah, exactly. Because Better Touch Tool can just do a whole number of things all by itself um which is great and i have to say one of the the features i'm really glad the developer added um for this uh is it's it's a two-way system so you can either replace the stream deck with better touch tool or you can add better touch tool actions to your stream deck so if your stream deck setup is perfect pretty much and you just wanted to add a few more actions you can just use the better touch tool action to add better touch tool actions um whatever they might be um or you know you can you can just replace the whole thing um which is my intention to do i should probably start it the other way around right but yeah i'll survive (laughs) this episode of automators is brought to you by doppler in software development secrets are private piece of information that act as keys and those keys unlock protected resources or sensitive data This can be stressful to configure and manage, especially when sharing secrets across different teams and clouds. Thankfully, those days are over. Introducing Doppler, the first universal secrets platform. It enables developers to automate the pain away of managing secrets, along with the hidden files used to manage them, known as mFiles. Doppler is your team's central source of truth for secrets and app configuration across all environments and clouds. Whether they're in Docker, AWS, Vercel, or anywhere else, Doppler works where you work, and as your stack evolves, Doppler remains simple. From startups to enterprises, more than 11,000 customers, big and small, are using Doppler, so they can keep their secrets and app configuration in sync across devices, environments, and team members. Say goodbye to mFiles. Set up Doppler for your team in less than four minutes. Sign up at doppler.com slash L slash automators. That's all lowercase. That's doppler.com slash L slash automators, all lowercase. Go there now. Our thanks to Doppler for their support of this show and Relay FM. So there are additional apps that are now supporting firing off shortcuts. I mean, I guess we should have expected this because you can run them via terminal. You can run them via Apple script, of course. Yeah. All these third-party apps are going to yeah. let you start firing off shortcuts. And um, uh, Brett Terpstra and uh, his supporters over at Bunch have now got it running as part of the Bunch app. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was kind of already there um, in many ways. They just added the documentation for it. Yeah. But equally, you know, that that's what a lot of people probably just wanted to be able to go, yeah, I can do this now. Um, I have to say, whenever I'm tweaking bunch stuff, I have a bunch to tweak my bunches, David. This is how meta I get. Um, and what it does is it opens all of my, it opens the bunch folder in Visual Studio Code and it un- opens the bunch website so I can check, you know, my front matter keys and everything and, and search for stuff. I mean, it's amazing how many times I find a new feature that I I didn't realize existed as well as part of that. 
but yeah, they've added official shortcuts documentation, which is great. So um, I'm I'm glad that that's there as options. I need to go in and really give Bunch a legitimate shot, you know, because the problem is, I mean, this is a setup app. It's to set up your Mac yeah. for doing work. And I have built so many scripts into Keyboard Maestro to do that already for me. And, you know, with Keyboard Maestro, you can do just about anything. But Bunch can yeah. too. And um, it can. It does, and Bunch does window positioning too, right? I mean, you can set the window positions. Uh, no, Bunch doesn't do window positioning, but you can just run an Apple script to tell Moom to do your window yeah. positioning, which is yeah. is what I do. One of my favorite Bunch features, to be honest, though, is the new Bunch with open apps. So I realize, hey, I've got a bunch of apps open, and it doesn't matter if this is like a temporary thing that I'm going to be doing for like a few days, or if it's a permanent thing I'm going to be doing for a few months. Um, I can just say, you know, Bunch menu bar icon, um, new Bunch with open apps. And yeah. then rearrange things to my heart's content um, because that that's what I end up doing on a frequent basis. Um, and I really like that feature. Um, to sure. me, it's, it is, it is first of all, the, the setup app that actually clicked in my head. Um, and secondly, I find it is more, it feels like it's, it's kind of like a lightweight alternative to doing this sort of thing in Keyboard Maestro, but that's underselling it because it really is powerful it's incredibly powerful um with all of the things that it can do um and it's it's text-based which is of course you know i love text-based things um because yeah. i'm that kind of weirdo but it, it's got tagging and things so i can have the like this particular bunch hidden at these times of day or um you know actually hidden because i'm on this mac even though all of the things sync to all the macs and i think that's one of the the problems that i occasionally run into with keyboard maestro which is um Keyboard Maestro is like disable this group on this Mac rather than enable this group on this Mac. Yeah. And I do sometimes wish that I could flip that and have it disabled by default and only enabled on certain Macs because I have run into trouble a couple of times now where um, my one of my personal Macs is trying to run a bunch of work scripts and it's like, hey, uh, I can't find any of these files. What's going on? And I'm like, you're yes. not my work Mac. That's what's going on. Yeah. So. I actually have a, a, a sub macro um, inside of Keyboard Maestro to handle um, that now, where it's just say it says, "Hey, uh, are you this Mac? No, quit." Um, and I just I have a check if work Mac um, macro run as a subroutine at the start of every one of those automated work Macs uh, work macros. So so that's uh, that solves that problem quite neatly. Um, you know, just in case I forget to to disable that um, that that group. But I, I I just really like the fact that all of these, you know, these scripts are, are just right there and I can find every single one of them that I have, you know, run this sort of subroutine in super easily or, um, you know, tag them with this or organized into folders or, or whatever. Um, and, and that to me ends up working very well for just setting up my, my everyday routines. Hey, did, did I tell you I chickened out on buying a M2 uh, MacBook Air? I mean, I'm both surprised and not surprised yeah. because what you've got the super ultra powered 14 inch, right? Yeah, or is it the 16 inch, inch that you? Yeah, I got the big one. 16 inch, yeah. 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 I have a I have a 14 inch, um, which I sort of impulse purchased before my trip to New York, and that thing is amazing. Um, the battery lasted the entire like journey there, so I yeah. was here until late in the evening the day before I went at my place, and I went and stayed at my parents so that we could all go to the airport together. And from the time that I left here to when I got to the hotel in New York, I did not charge the battery. I used it 
a chunk at the airport and then a the entire flight there um running a couple of different websites to to just do some some fun stuff for me which yes i know a lot of people go oh my gosh sounds like work and it was it was good fun as far as i was concerned and i was doing that the entire flight there and i got there and i still had like 20 percent battery left it was great yeah i know these macbook pros are amazing but it would be nice to have one that's really thin and light but i right now i'm just enjoying having one computer so much where i don't have to worry about is the file on this computer the file is always on this computer you know and yeah and that is a uh, that is a very nice thing. So I, I don't know. Maybe eventually I'll get one. But but I uh, with the launch, you know, as things are heading up to launch, I was all excited to buy one. I'm like, you know what? I think I'm just going to take a step back and see how things go. Yeah, that's certainly a feature where you may not want to ignore certain things on certain devices. But for me, that's also you know, you you switch contexts, right? So you yes. you have you know your podcasting context and things like that. Well how you know imagine that you were doing um you, you like whenever you context switch um your you would use a bunch perhaps or something else to to change context um and it would set a variable to tell you what context you're in and now imagine that all of your other bunches read that variable and hide or show themselves contextually based on that if that were appropriate yeah i have got to do this yeah i've just got to get in there yeah. and try so, I, I do think that like the fact that it's just a text file makes it super easy to fix. Whereas uh, as much as I love keyboard maestro, they're pretty tedious the way I've got these things set up and like getting changes and everything. It's, it's just not that easy. It's yeah. not certainly as easy as just writing a line of text. Um, so I, I I've just got to do it. The problem is that I spent so much time building them in keyboard maestro that like I have that sunk cost fallacy, you know? Yes. Well, don't forget, you can always run your keyboard maestro um, macro to open your 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 setup and then just use the bunch menu to, um, you know, create a new bunch from the currently open apps, which, of course, will will, um, you know, save you a whole chunk of time off the bat. And then don't delete the original keyboard maestro macro. Just put it in a, you know, a, a, a group um, or disable it or something so that you can come back to it later if you want or need something or you miss something or similar. But it's also, I find sometimes switching the systems like this is a good opportunity to go, I never use these. Yeah. Like these ones are just ones that I never use or that's why that app is always opening. I hate that. Um, yeah. You know, especially for me, I, I periodically switch between using Safari and Safari Technology Preview. And um, to start with in, in Bunch, I'd actually said, hey, open this in Safari. Uh, you know, open this URL in Safari, or I had uh, I have an Apple script which I use frequently. Tell application Safari to open new window, because whenever I'm recording a podcast, I hide everything, and then I have Safari open a new window where all of the the URLs for the episode get opened, um, so that I'll you know make sure that I actually have the things that I I need available, but it's not mixed in with everything else, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, I realized that it was telling Safari to open. <laughs> And then Safari Technology Preview was getting the URLs. That was partially a me problem because I'd, I'd not done things quite right. And partially, hey, uh, Rose doesn't have a variable set up here so that she knows what her current favorite browser is. Well, I just set one global variable and that's it. Done. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I have to say it's really nice just being able to search all of those files. You could open them all in BB Edit. I use Visual Studio Code because there is a bunch uh, extension for Visual Studio Code, which helps you with autocomplete and things like that um, for, um, you know, like all of the front matter variables and things like that. 
but it, it's really nice just being able to search for everywhere that I have used um, this word or that word, you know, like where did I, you know, try and do audio hijack stuff? Cool. I've decided that everything in audio hijack wise is going to be done through a snippet now so that it's all going to be done the same way um, across every podcast. Great. So now I just find everywhere I've used audio hijack, replace that all with the sub macro very, very quickly and done. Um, so yeah, that, that certainly has saved me a bunch of time. Uh, there's been several applications that have been adding shortcuts actions. It's not just all of our favorite automation tools. Um, we're going to talk about keyboard maestro in a minute, but, um, let's talk about some of the others that have suddenly shown up with shortcut support. Yeah. Um, so one that came to mind today is uh, kaleidoscope, which is a tool that I use for comparing versions of the same file or, you know, versions of the fol of folders. Um, a lot as a developer tool that's added support uh, most recently for for the folders um, comparison option, but it, it already had um, text uh, comparison. I didn't realize that it snuck in there. Uh, imagine, David, that you have two versions of a bunch file or two different bunch files and you just want to compare what's the same and what's different between them. Well, yeah. You could do that with Kale uh, Kaleidoscope. Um, but of course, Rogue Amoeba has also been bringing their e-game. Uh, Audio Hijack has full shortcut support now, including their own JavaScript engine. Woo! Um, and then they they did the same thing with SoundSource, which is great. Um, and uh, TaskKey is another one that I saw sneak in there recently with uh, shortcut support. It's an app I use when I'm trying to figure out um, uh, dependencies between tasks or projects that need doing. Um, so, you know, there are these things I need to do and I'm, I'm going to use an example that everybody will hopefully understand, uh, like changing the sheets on the bed, right? So like step one, you've got to take the sheets off the bed. You can't do step two, wash the sheets until you've done step one. Um, and you can put clean sheets on the bed after you've done step one, but you could do that in parallel with step two, unless you only have one set of clean sheets, in which case you have to do one, two, and three. Well, imagine you've got hundreds of those and you have to figure everything out. And when can you do different things and which, you know, which ones can you actually start with right now and which ones need other things first? Well, that that's what I use TaskKey for. So I'm glad that that has shortcut support um, just because that for certain projects will be really useful. Yeah, and I want to call out SoundSource because this is, you know, we talk about the Rogue Amoeba apps a lot. We're podcasters. These are really important tools for us. But SoundSource allows you to easily control the inputs and outputs on your Mac. There's a lot of people who need this stuff for a lot of reasons. Like, uh, let's say that we're going through a pandemic and you suddenly have to do a lot of video calls. And you just want to automate making sure that you go to your good mic when you get on a Zoom call. Um, now all that is totally done through shortcuts with this great little sound source app. I just think it's um, I, them getting shortcut support for sound source to me was almost more exciting to me than them getting it for um, audio hijack. Yeah, I, I understand why they released, um, you know, the the audio hijack one first. Uh, podcasters as a as a group tend to be uh, more familiar with techiness um, and creating uh, shortcuts and automations and so on. But, uh, I'm very glad that they brought it to SoundSource because I have, uh, used that in a bunch of places is actually, um, replacing, uh, my brew, um, install of switch audio OS X, um, is what the, the name of the, the brew, uh, bundle that I had installed, uh, was, which would also let me do the same thing. Um, and I, I much prefer using, uh, SoundSource for this. It, it's much simpler. Um, and much easier to fix as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, did we miss any 
uh, drop zone. Yeah, drop zone hasn't added actions inside of shortcuts. It's added um, an, uh, inside of drop zone itself. Um, so uh, drop zone is a, an app that lives in your menu bar where you can drag files onto the drop zone and you're and you have different actions that are the job. So one that I use all the time is install application. Um, just because it allows me to install applications really easily, but they've added support for uh, running a shortcut through um, dropping a file onto it. So you can just drop a file onto a, a particular shortcut and uh, it, it has a list of all of your shortcuts right there. And then you can just, you know, uh, drag something onto it, um, which is, you know, pretty nice. Yeah. Rename actions, filing actions, like forwarding actions. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, yeah, let's say all sorts got, of things. Yeah, you know, receipts go to the accountant. You drop it on there. You create a shortcut to rename it and put it in a shared Dropbox or something. Um, you do that as simply just dragging it onto your menu bar with Dropzone. Right? I feel like Dropzone doesn't get enough credit. I, I use that app a lot too. Maybe one day we'll come back to that because there is yeah. actually quite a bit you can do with that application. There is, um, and and it's it's a very useful tool. It's also part of setup for anybody who is a setup subscriber. So, uh, yeah, enjoy the uh, the extra features. It uh, took a little while for it to come out of the uh, just purchase directly version and be available in the app store and through setup. Um, and uh, yeah, but now, now it's now it's available everywhere. So it's really great. You know, something I don't really stop to appreciate often enough is just shortcuts on the Mac and all the goodness that brings. We, um, you know, when it first launched, it was a, it was a troubled start. You know, the app had a lot of issues yeah. just running, you know, basic things. And some of the, the initial actions weren't fully baked when they launched it. And, you know, they were working with Swift UI. There's a whole bunch of reasons behind why it had a, a tough launch, but over the course of the year, they really got it together. And now all of a sudden you start to see the payoff of this. I mean, we've been talking this whole show about all these third-party apps that are like, Oh yeah, by the way, we're going to add the entire feature set of shortcuts to our automation tools, you know, with this one action. And also all these apps like rogue amoeba or these companies like rogue amoeba and Omni group and all these companies that all of a sudden are just showing up with these rich, powerful shortcuts actions that never would have existed any other way. Like they were never going to write a collection of Apple scripts to do all this stuff. And the way automator was engineered, they were never really given the hooks they needed to go in and do the stuff that they can do with shortcuts. It's like all of a sudden applications that didn't really have an automation story now do because of this thing showing up on the Mac. It's just, it's really great. And I don't know. I'm just yeah. want to stop and gloat for a minute about how awesome that is. It is. Yeah, it is truly awesome. And it, it's just lovely to see, you know, all of these developers going, well, yeah, um, you know, clearly this this is worth it. Um, you know, like they, they already wanted many cases to re-add this stuff or to add it, but there, there just wasn't demand for it. And more and more people are finding that automation is a thing and it's perhaps less difficult than they expected. Um, so I'm, I'm very glad that that's, that's happening. This episode of The Automators is brought to you by Hunter Douglas. Go to hunterdouglas.com automators and take advantage of the generous rebate savings opportunities on select styles. We all want to live well, at ease, in comfort and style, and Hunter Douglas can help you do just that with their innovative window shade designs 
gorgeous fabrics, and control systems so advanced they can be scheduled to automatically adjust to their optimal position throughout the day. We're automators. Our window covering should be too. Hunter Douglas shades diffuse harsh sunlight, instead casting a beautiful glow across the room. With their adaptability, you can enjoy the view outside a window without needing to give up your privacy, and you can bring all of this together with Hunter Douglas's PowerView technology. This ensures that your shades will automatically reposition for the perfect balance of light, privacy, and insulation morning, noon, and night. So if you've got a room where the afternoon sun always starts to overbear, your Hunter Douglas shades can solve that problem for you. There's no human interaction needed. You can just keep working or relaxing or doing anything other than worrying about that blinding sun coming through your window. Hunter Douglas makes some of the finest window treatments, and then when you add that automation element to it, you just can't beat it. Of course, they're compatible with Apple HomeKit, but they also work with Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, IFTTT, and more. I know that listeners of this show would really love to be able to automate this stuff themselves too, helping them integrate their shades with other products in their homes. And you can do that with Hunter Douglas. So with Hunter Douglas, you can live beautifully, enjoying greater convenience, enhanced style, and increased comfort in your home throughout the day while putting on your geek hat and making everything happen automatically. I love it. Visit HunterDouglas.com slash automators today for your free style gets smarter design guide with fresh takes, creative ideas, and smart solutions for dressing your windows. Once again, that's HunterDouglas.com slash automators for your free design guide. And our thanks to Hunter Douglas for their support of the Automators podcast and all of Relay FM. So, David, we've been dancing around it all episode. Kiro Maestro. Kiro Maestro, like everything else, um, and like it always does, has brought its A-game. Uh dual way shortcut support shortcut support inside of keyboard maestro keyboard maestro support inside of shortcuts yeah um that's it we're done right we can just walk out of here mic drop <laughs> yeah well i mean what what he did was he he attacked the problem from both sides so keyboard when you open shortcuts and you look at the app list now there's a listing for keyboard maestro and there are a bunch of actions in there where you can run keyboard maestro scripts out of shortcuts now so and, and you can pass information to it. So you can actually turn it into basically a keyboard maestro variable. And um, so mm-hmm. the first half of this is, okay, I'm writing shortcuts, but keyboard maestro does a couple things that shortcuts doesn't do very well. Um, actually does a lot of things. <laughs> keyboard uh, Shortcuts doesn't <laughs> do very well. But uh, you could say, well, yeah. okay, at, as I finish up running the shortcuts bit, I just want to run an action in shortcuts that's going to open the keyboard maestro engine and run a keyboard maestro script. And you can do that now. Yeah, yeah. And I have to say, I, I really like uh, something that sounds so very simple, just like execute macro. Um, that That's of course it. But I really like that there are more things than that available to us. Like you mentioned set variable, and I think this one is very uh, underrated um, because yeah. it is an incredibly useful variable. So Variables inside of Keyboard uh, Maestro, uh, for people who aren't aware, are by default global. Um, So you can prefix them with, for example, the word instance, which will then scope it to your particular macro. So inside of a a macro, I might have something that's called uh, instance file and instance file name. 
And that means that outside of that macro, when I'm running another macro, those variables will be completely empty and they will not have anything in them. But yeah. by default, all the the, um, the variables are global and they're persistent. So they will just stay and they'll sync um, to an extent as well. Um, so they'll be, they'll be everywhere. And that that's really useful. So one of the things that I use this for is I have a variable. It's a permanent variable and it's called automator's episode. No, um, no standing for number. And yeah. that is something that I set every time we go to record an episode. So the bunch that I have that starts um, my my automator's recording session um, will run the keyboard maestro macro to say, hey, what's the episode number? Yeah. Um, and, and I usually just click OK to confirm it because one of the things that I do in advance is I prepare for the show. And I do that. And one of the things I do is I run a shortcut which asks me, hey, what's the episode number for this? Blah, 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 blah. So I can, you know, have this noted um, so that I know what I was doing and all the other things. And it sets that variable. So now when it comes to the actual, I'm clicking, like I'm running the bunch to start recording the episode. It's a verify that I have not, you know, missed an episode of some kind or whatever and just click OK and go. And I don't have to, you know, type in an extra number anymore. That that, that was a whole thing before um, yeah. where I would have to increment from 105 to 106. And so I really like that that's there because that means that when I'm done with the show and I'm doing my wrap up uh, shortcut, I can use the get variable action. And of course, you know, that that that's going to give me, um, you know, which episode am I working on? Because I've just finished it. So I'm, I'm really pleased with that. So in shortcuts, you can get a variable from Keyboard Maestro because they're global. It's yeah. already in memory or it's already in the system. Uh, you can just grab that. And so you're getting the episode number out of a keyboard master script you may have ran a week ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and and that's one of the things, you know, we record every two weeks. Um, and so that that variable sits around for those two weeks. And that 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 variable number gets used in a whole bunch of places, which Keyboard Maestro is just doing, you know, for me. So when we finish recording the episode, it's going to automatically tidy the episodes into the right folder for me because... You know, that that's what I programmed Keyboard Maestro to do. But that's starting with something that I set through shortcuts now. And I really appreciate that that is an option. Um, I also love, David, get active macros. I can see which macros are actually active right now. Um, that That's such a cool feature. Yeah. And also just, you know, just to kind of like step back on that last idea is you've got a database of global variables now available to you at any time on your Mac. Of course, it's not going to be available on your iOS devices, but on your Mac, it can go pull any variable it wants out of keyboard maestro. And I don't know. I just, I find that very comforting for whatever reason, you know, it's just, it's just kind of nice, you know? So, um, so, and that's, and that's all from the shortcut side. And, I'm already writing scripts that are taking advantages of this. And we're going to talk at some point about subroutining automation, because I think that's, that's at the other half of this conversation. But, but, you know, as I've said frequently, um, shortcuts is good at some things. Keyboard Maestro is good at other things, but now I can, like, I can kick it off on shortcuts, but at the end, take whatever information I have in shortcuts, send it over to Keyboard Maestro and run a script in Keyboard Maestro or, or run multiple scripts in Keyboard Maestro that finish off mm-hmm. whatever automation I'm doing for me. And it's just really great. Yeah, it, it truly is. And I, I really, you know, appreciate that, you know, this is this is proper support for shortcuts. And uh, that doesn't mean to say that any other developer is not doing this right. Um, it's just that the fact that, Keyboard Maestro is such a powerful automation tool. And inside of Keyboard Maestro, I can run a shortcut. 
And that as part of that can say, hey, you know, I'm taking this input. Oh, in this particular case, I need to update this keyboard maestro uh, 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 variable. It doesn't have to hand off to shortcut, uh, hand off to Apple script or something. It can just stay in the shortcut. It can do that bit and then keep going. And then it'll pass back whatever it's done to keyboard maestro that can, you know, finish it off or whatever it needs doing. And I, I really like that it, it's proper two-way support because there are, many cases where I have wanted to do something in shortcuts and I've got most of the way there and then no, I just need Keyboard Maestro to finish this off. Well, I would really like to have this, this, and this data available in Keyboard Maestro. Well, I can just set variables for it now. Yeah. And now let's talk about the flip side of that. So if you're working in Keyboard Maestro, so in addition to Peter adding a fully baked set of actions to shortcuts, he added a fully baked set of actions to Keyboard Maestro that address shortcuts. So, um, yeah. like one of my things, I find keyboard maestro, like working with contacts and keyboard maestro is not easy. You know, you've got to generally write an Apple script to make it work. And, and I just don't want to deal with that. Whereas dealing with contacts and shortcuts is trivial. Um, mm-hmm. so like if I've got a keyboard maestro script that largely is dealing with a bunch of stuff but at the end, it needs to reset a phone number or something. Um, now yeah. in keyboard maestro, I can just execute a shortcut and I can pass that phone number over to shortcuts and do all the contact related shortcuts actions I need and be done. So I can, I'm bilingual, you know, and we all are now because these applications yeah. trade data back and forth and they trade actions back and forth. So all the cool stuff you can do in shortcuts, you can now do out of keyboard maestro. And all the cool stuff you can do in Keyboard Maestro, you can now do out of shortcuts. It's, it's a, it's a, it's wonderful. It really is. Um, and you know, I, I, I've yet to, you know, figure out exactly how I'm going to do this. It's probably going to be through a uh, variable, or maybe I should just message Peter and ask um, for uh, the action that I'm actually thinking of, which is enabling and disabling Keyboard Maestro macros as part of a shortcut. Because uh, I have, um, I know that Hazel is obviously, you know, the, the, the standard app that most people use for processing uh, files automatically inside of certain folders. But I use Keyboard Maestro for this in certain cases, for example, podcast recordings, because I set the variable for the episode number at the start of the episode. Yeah. And then when I'm done, it's ignored the partial files that were changing as we recorded. I finish and it just does it. It just moves the files for me. Um, yeah. but when, when, when I'm not recording, I don't necessarily want that running cause I do occasionally put other things in there and then, uh, I have not, you know, I've not, um, added the proper, uh, requirements inside of my macro. So it won't just, it won't just, you know, move, uh, audio files. For example, it'll move any file that I put in that folder. Um, and so I, I should probably fix that inside of the macro, but also disabling that at certain times when I'm, when I'm playing around with other things would be very nice. So um, I'm I'm hoping um, that maybe we can have that, but I'll probably do that by setting a macro. But I really like that I can just be like, hey, Keyboard Maestro, wake up and do this thing for me. Or Keyboard Maestro um, can just be used to trigger a shortcut, you know, because it's got all those great triggers, right? So you can just add a trigger for, hey, whenever I focus on this window or this folder gets a file, run the shortcut. You know, if you don't have Hazel, for example, and you just want to be able to use uh, shortcuts to to manage some files. Well, Keyboard Maestro can be the trigger on that. Um, there are folder actions baked all the way down into Finder somewhere, but they, in my experience, David, have been uh, slightly tricky. Tricky, uh, yeah, uh, especially over the last year or so. Yeah, yeah, they they don't trigger immediately, and they will trigger on things like a file that is changing. So as I record the episode, then that file 
will have triggered the the folder action um, and and tried to move it, and that that ends up breaking all sorts of things. Yeah. So for the listeners, when you're using these, uh, you know, these rogue amoeba tools as a safety precaution, they save the file actively while we're recording, and yeah, that's one way to make sure that we don't lose the recording. What's one of the reasons why podcasters love you know these these tools, but that creates its own automation problem if you've got an automation triggered by the existence of a file because there's a file being written while we record and you don't want automation yeah. to like interfere with that. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's all sorts of things that you can do to to work around that. You can just like run the macro manually when you're finished recording or whatever it is that you like. And I, I should note that uh, Rogue Amoeba, of course, with their new scripting support, probably has a way to just move it automatically at the um, the the end of the episode, I've not actually looked for um, uh, a way to do that yet, but it, it doesn't really matter because I can just avoid the problem entirely thanks to uh, Keyboard Maestro in this case. But it is just nice that there are options to be able to do a number of different things based on things happening, like before you go to sleep or when you wake up uh, the Mac um, or whatever it is that you want or need to do. Um, you can then, you know, have something run and it will just span all of the automation platforms. Because, of course, Cuba Maestro could put a file into a folder that triggers Hazel to run a thing. It can also run an Apple script or a shell script um, and run shortcuts uh, things. And Better Touch Tool can run a keyboard Maestro macro, which will then do all of those things and so on and so forth. You can build up um, you know, a truly amazing automation machine using all of these tools together. And, you know, you can do it without even being at your Mac if you want to. If you leave your Mac running and you just, you know, use a remote trigger somewhere, you know, that that will just send everything running. And you come back to your machine and everything's done except moving your standing desk to the right height, which is going to have to be on my next <laughs> my next automation yeah. hit list, David. Automatically moving my I desk up so. and down. Or maybe not. Maybe not. That sounds like it could go wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I want to just like step back from all this for a minute and you're like, why is this important? I mean, it's important because it allows you to combine the best of each tool. But it's also, yes. I think, important because it allows you to kind of grow your automation skill set. Let's say you're somebody who did a lot of automation on the iPhone. And now that Shortcuts is on the Mac, you're like, okay, I'm going to like really do that. Like I was thinking about Mike Hurley. That That's his... That's his jam, right? He's really good at shortcuts. He doesn't really want to learn all the other stuff on the Mac, so he wants to kind of make shortcuts his tool. But if he runs into a problem that shortcuts can't do with a trivial investment to some of these third-party apps, he could add that piece if he wanted. And he doesn't have to become an expert at that tool. He just has to learn that tool good enough to run that one little bit. But then once you've got, you know, your toe in the door, suddenly you start finding other ways to use it. I, I think this is a really good way for people to kind of grow laterally with their automation skills across other other platforms, automation platforms on the Mac. And the inverse is true as well. If you've been a longtime keyboard maestro automator, but you know you haven't really gotten in with shortcuts, well, you know, you can pick up just the bits of shortcuts you need and still trigger them from your keyboard maestro scripts. And I think this is really it's really quite wonderful for for people that want to get better at this stuff. It really is. Uh, and I think it, it's just one of those things where there's a, there's a lot to be said for sticking with the tools that you're comfortable with, right? And I, you know, if you can solve the problems that you have with the tools that you already know and are familiar with, then there's nothing wrong with that. 
But if you find that solving that problem is becoming a bit tricky or you actually can't do it, then it's nice that you can, you know, stay where you're comfortable for a good chunk of it and then pass off the baton relay style to the next application and do the first bit in it that you can figure out. And then, you know, and then you've made you've made progress. Right. And even if all you do is go, hey, I can't do, uh, you know, there there are no fantastic elections inside of Kiwa Maestro and I, I don't like AppleScript. So I'll just run a shortcut that does the Fantastical action. Um, I say that without having checked that Fantastical on the Mac has shortcut yeah. actions. Oh, they, they have several. Scrolling. They do. They're very good. They do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I was going to say, I'm sure I used them earlier, but now I'm saying, yeah, I'm no longer 100% certain. But, you know, so, so you do that. And then, and then you know, and then you just pass it back. When Fantastical was in beta, I sent them an email with like a list and they did all of them. It's like you can set um, uh, calendar modes, you can set views. It's, it's great. Yeah. I, I really think that... Um, that this is really all for the best for people. And I, and I hope that if you're oh, listening yeah. and you're good at one platform versus the other, and you want to like try and expand, well, now you've got every excuse to do it. But I have to ask you, Rose, at this point in the game, where is most of your Mac automation happening, you know, between all of these tools? I mean, do you generally go to keyboard maestro first or, or shortcuts or, you know, where, where is your time spent automating these days? It really depends, David. It really depends. There is no one answer, um, which I think is honestly a great thing because it really depends on what I want to do. If it's, you know, I want to launch a bunch of applications and open certain documents and stuff, then it's going to be a bunch. Um, If it's the I need to uh, be able to open a particular file that's got a consistently changing name, um, like it's always got today's date in it or something, keyboard maestro. Um, and, and then, you know, for, if, if I want it to run on, um, the Mac and on iOS it's definitely happening in shortcuts, um, just because that is a very simple cross platform way. But but other than that, it it really is, you know, it varies, you know, obviously if I'm manipulating files, I'll usually, but not always look at Hazel first. Um, but it, it, sometimes it's Keyboard Maestro, but it, it, it does vary massively depending on what the problem is that I want to solve. And I feel so privileged that we have all of these options available to us because, you know, go back a couple of years ago and you had Hazel and you had Kibo Maestro and you had AppleScript as kind of the bridge between them, but it was a bit rickety at times um, and not always great. And now, um, you know, now Shortcuts is on the Mac. It's provided a second bridge and it turns out that that is actually, you know, improving the foundations of the AppleScript bridge as well, because all of these apps are just adding more support for everything, which is is truly great. What about you? Where is all your yeah. automation stuff happening? I, I would agree with you. I, I mean, I use whatever makes sense. Like I, I once took a class from a, a famous woodworker. His name was Sam Maloof years ago. Sam's, Sam's gone now, but I was asking him cause I was young and like into woodworking. And I, and I was really into the tools, you know, which tool do you use for this or that? And, Sam said, I use whatever tool works. If I have to use my teeth, I use my teeth, you know, and I, mm-hmm. and that always stuck with me. And that's kind of where automation is now. Use whatever yeah. works. I mean, I, I came into this maybe a year or two ago, I would have definitely said I was a keyboard maestro automator. That, that was my primary platform for automation on the Mac. But at this point, that's not true anymore. I use keyboard maestro a lot. I use shortcuts a lot. I use, you know, I'm going to start using bunch, uh, but you know, I've just, I use whatever works and, I just don't even think yeah. twice about it. And I love that they can go back and forth. I've got a couple automations I've written in both places. Like um, I have all yeah. these scripts I've written when I take on a new project for the Max Sparky Labs. Well, I wrote them originally in Keyboard Maestro, 
but now I've also wrote them, written them in shortcuts. So if I'm on my phone and I want to set up a new project, I can do it from my phone. And it just, it's not a big deal for me now. And I think that's where I'd like the listeners to get to a point where yeah. they pick up, you know, like I said, the hammer, the screwdriver, the jack plane, whatever that they need to get the, the job done. And I really think that, that we're at a spot where everybody can do this. Yeah. And I think, it, you know, going back to the the right tool for the job, there's a couple of criteria for what the right tool for the job is. Number one is that you have the tool. Well, if you're running macOS Monterey um, or when, when we get to Ventura, then you will have shortcuts. Um, and if you have a keyboard maestro license or you, you're in the free trial, then you've got that. Same with Hazel um, and so on and so forth. But it's it's not just, um, you know, what tool you have. It's also what you feel comfortable with um, because there, there's something to be said about taking the longer way where you know how to do something when it's important that you get something right versus if you have the time for experimentation and the mental capacity to learn, um, you know, a new automation method, um, you know, then maybe the time is to switch from Keyboard Maestro to Bunch for your setup scripts because, you know, it's not like you're not going to use Keyboard Maestro anymore. There's thousands of uses yeah. for that app. Um and you know, you mentioned the sunk cost fallacy earlier, um, but you know there, you know th that is you know a, a thing where if you've spent all your time setting something up in one application, how easy is it to move to other applications? Well, it varies, but also you can probably learn a bunch of new things by recreating your automations. So I would not consider it a waste of time or a loss of time in doing so. It's adding to your skill set. It's another feather in your bow. Well, uh, speaking of adding to your skill set, we're the Automators Podcast. Our goal is to add a bunch of feathers and get you automating. Today was focused on the Mac, but that's not going to be every episode. But uh, both Rose and I are just smitten with all of these ways that we can mix our automation tools. We wanted to share this story with you guys today, so we did. Uh, we hope you got something out of us. Let us know what you think. We have the Automators Forums over at talk.automators.fm, one of my favorite places on the internet to get better at automating. So many smart people there. You can go check that out. Uh, Rose, anything exciting going on in your life you want to share lately? Uh, well, uh, very soon, uh, possibly not quite by the time this episode releases, uh, but soon after there will be an update to Take Control of Shortcuts version 2.0 is in the final stages right now. And also, um, as this episode comes out the next week, uh, I will be on the Home Assistant podcast talking about my Home Assistant setup with uh, Rohan and Phil, uh, the hosts of the Home Assistant podcast. So, uh, yeah, if anybody is excited about Home Assistant and can't wait until David uh, is uh, ready to dive in, I know you've got yours on the way, David. So don't don't give him too much flack for that, pe uh, people. Uh, hardware is very difficult to get right now. Thanks to the whole global pandemic and shipping yeah. supplies. Um, but yeah, but so if anybody wants some, some extra home automation goodness in their life, I was, I've, uh, been a guest over there and yeah, so that'll That's be That's one of those things fun. I've just kind of like forgot about. I bought it like six months ago and I feel like and you're one waiting? day, yeah, one day it's just going to show up. It wasn't six up. months ago. It was a couple of months. <laughs> no, it yeah. was definitely more than a couple of months ago. It's the yellow one, right? So I don't remember whenever that went on sales when I bought it. I but, think that was, I think that was sort of. Uh, March, April that you, you ordered it. Um, and they did say they were shipping in October at that point. So, you know, yeah. we'll have to have to wait and see. One day it'll show up like a Christmas present and then I'm, then I'm going to be bugging yeah. you to get it all figured out. Oh yeah. Oh, I can't wait, David. It is going to be so much fun. We're going to be able to do all sorts of things. Like one of my favorite little things that I recently did is uh, I uh, flip off the power to my microwave and flip it back on again at one o'clock in the morning if there was a power outage ah. so that I never have to reset my microwave clock. 
But knowing that there was a power outage, I don't think I could do that in HomeKit. So I can't wait yeah, to drag that, you down this rabbit hole. Yeah, let's see. Can you see why I, I bought one when Rose tells me things like that? It's like, okay, you're pushing all my buttons, Rose. Uh, but either way, uh, so so um, it sounds like you got a lot going on, Rose, and uh, and good for oh, you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we once again, like I said, we're the Automators Podcast. You can find us at Relay.fm slash Automators. Uh, thank you to our sponsors today: Electric, Doppler, Hunter Douglas, Automators Max subscribers. Stick around; we're going to be talking about Alfred Five. Otherwise, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>